0: Today's episode gets you caught up with Eric and Ryan's life with an overeating story from Eric, some exciting professional news from Ryan's life, a tweet of the week comes from Kelly Withers, and we have an exclusive interview with Risa Bennett to talk about the many ways Pear Deck can change the way you teach. Be sure to stay tuned until the end to hear how our listeners can get an exclusive 90-day trial version of Pear Deck. Enjoy the show. Welcome to The Peg Doesn't Fit. Peg Doesn't Fit is a podcast about the need for an educational paradigm shift. We have not quite decided if education is the whole or if it is the peg, but one thing is for sure, it doesn't fit.
1: Join us each week as we explore our metaphor and discuss the need for a systematic shift in the American educational system. My name is Eric Stephen. And I'm Ryan Bartle. Welcome to The Peg Doesn't Fit.
0: Welcome back to The Peg Doesn't Fit. You know, Ryan, that, that intro that we've made that mm-hmm. you guys have probably noticed is the same every time. It's kind of growing on me, and I really like it, but uh, the fact that it ends in, welcome to the peg doesn't fit, and then when I start, I say, welcome back to the peg doesn't fit. It always makes me wonder, maybe we need to change it, because I don't know how else to start other than to welcome you to our show. It's a good way to do it. So, Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. If you are returning, we certainly appreciate that you came back for more of the Peg doesn't fit. If this is your first time, thank you so much for joining us and we hope to uh, get you to return next week.
1: So uh, the and way we hope that you learn something from our guests because that's that's what we're all about is learning from our guests.
0: Absolutely. So let's get you all caught up with what's going on in our week. Uh, I know the last couple weeks I have did, de- I have been asking, for prayers for my aunt, I do want to report some sad news that she did pass away last week. So um, the COVID has had a direct impact on me now because um, she it did take my aunt. So that's been a kind of a sad week for me. And that is sad, but you know life goes on, and we're going to have a rosary tonight, actually, and a funeral tomorrow. And uh, we will um, definitely never forget her. She was a wonderful person and uh, had a profound impact on my life. As far as anything else going on, it is kind of related. Uh, You know, I went to check on my uncle the other night to, uh, you know, just see how he's doing because he's obviously taking it pretty hard. And as I was talking to him, he said, hey, I need you to take that pie you know, because people are bringing him food and whatnot. And he had this, this, this chocolate mousse pie with chocolate all over it and whipped cream. And I was like, no, I'm not taking that pie
1: because I know that I'll eat it all. Yeah. How does he, how does, why does one offer something to a food addict? What are they (laughs) going to do?
0: Well, you know, and I, (laughs) and I'm a stress eater, so, you know, it's been kind of a rough week. So I have been stress eating. So I, I said, no, I'm not taking a pie. And then I left. And then all of a sudden I said, you know what? I work out a lot and <laughs> <laughs> I deserve that pie. So That's pretty good. <laughs> I went back and grabbed that pie and then I went home and I cut myself a slice that was equal to half of the pie. Mm, perfect. So um, <laughs> I, I, I ate half of the pie. That night. So, so that's my weekly story. Hmm.
1: Nice little blood sugar spike. You do work out plenty. I think you'll be all right. And you can have the second half of that pie tonight, probably.
0: No, actually, my stepdaughter was at the house and I made her take it with her to so give good. to so her could get dad. you it out of,
1: your, out of sight, out of mind.
0: Yes, house. I was either going to throw it away or she was going to take it. So my son did have a piece and his was a much more responsible piece than mine. And
1: then she took the rest of the pie home excellent what about you Ryan what's going on with you this week oh this I would say this is probably the busiest week I've ever had in my life and uh, it's full of some professional growth opportunities so that's what's exciting uh, just as you may remember I'm finishing up my degree to in bu- building leadership and uh, last night was the last class that I it's done so I got to turn in a couple assignments or do some surveys but done taking classes as part of that so now i have the home stretch of my uh, internship observation hours and just finishing that up over the next month and so that was exciting and then this week i've this today is my third of three interviews this week and we're only on thursday so one day i have not had an interview but that's that's been another big step in my growth journey
0: well i definitely must tell our listeners to kind of put in perspective You look pretty good in that suit. Why, thank you. You know, uh, thankfully, the interviews are all with different people, so they don't all see you wearing the same suit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anyway. Let's transfer into the tweet of the week. Actually, back that up. Before we go to the tweet of the week, let's make some quick shout-outs. We have been growing internationally as a show. I cannot remember if I've ever shouted out to Spain but I do believe that uh, the United Kingdom is new. And we've got someone from the down under in Australia. All right, Nate. So we are getting uh, quite the audience from around the globe. So we appreciate all of you for joining us. We're now going to transition into the tweet of the week. And this comes from Kelly Withers at Kelly, K E L L Y W. W-I-T-H-E-R-S, Kelly Withers. You can't assess your relationship with kids if the only people you're asking are adults. That tweet to me hit me right in the heart because uh, I've been reading, and I know I started this telling you guys that I was reading this book a long time ago. I don't read very fast, and I lost my glasses, so it's hard for me to read. I need to get some new glasses. But anyway, I've been reading... The 10 Mind Frames of Visible Learning. And the chapter that I read the other night was actually about feedback. Hmm. And, you know, so this is a perfect tweet for what I was reading this chapter on, because this chapter does focus on many different kinds of feedback. And I'm not going to get into all of it. But one of the things it does talk about is the most underutilized feedback is feedback from student to teacher. Mm, Yeah. I mean, how else are you going to know how well you're teaching if you're not asking the people you're supposed to be teaching. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, And a lot of times adults, they do tend to have a harder time having a real conversation with adults. And sometimes they they fluff up their feedback and and let you know kind of what you want to hear because they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that. And sometimes you're going to get some pretty authentic feedback from students in terms of how you're doing as a teacher. So I do feel that this is a great tweet. Thank you, Kelly, for reminding us that the main stakeholders in our job as educators are the students, and who better to find out if we're doing a good job than to ask them. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I agree. This is one of those that I think you can apply to all areas uh, of our life and jobs. I think when we Get outside and talk to the people that you're impacting. That's where the best feedback can be. From an operational viewpoint, too, I think sometimes we might forget as leaders that we need to get into those classrooms and ask the teachers how certain things are going. Obviously, the most powerful one is asking the kids, but But just go out there and ask for those outside viewpoints from the people maybe you don't typically think to talk to because uh, not just with building relationships, but just how are things going in general? I think it's just a good reminder to make sure we are talking to people outside our quote-unquote comfort zone of people.
0: Yeah, and and I got to just kind of, this makes me think back to a story when I was a teacher. I mean, when you ask the students for feedback, A lot of times teachers, I think people in general tend to think, take things personal. And if you're going to ask your students for feedback, you certainly need to be open Mm -hmm. to what they're going to say, because what they say is not always necessarily positive. And, you know, a lot of times we get in our feelings when we hear something negative from the students and we're like, how dare you talk to me. I'm your teacher. <laughs> you need to show me some respect. At the bottom line is, is that we have to listen to that, take that, and and grow from it. So when I was a teacher, you know, I would sometimes ask them a question about how it went. And to get maximum participation, I would say, and you don't even have to put your name on it. I, I don't care if you put your name on it. Right. I just I just kind of want to know how it's going. and And I did have a and, I, and I'm not putting a rating on this podcast, so. But I did have a student say, "You know, you're a pretty good teacher if you weren't such a dick." And <laughs> <laughs> I guess, you know, I had a bad day, and maybe, you know, and I would just. The the bottom line is is that that didn't make me mad. And even if I would have saw that kid's name, I wouldn't have been mad at that kid. But what it did was was remind me okay, I know sometimes I get impatient because I'm dealing with all these 13-year-olds and sometimes they can be a little frustrating, but I need to always make sure to remember that I'm the adult and I have to keep my role professional and understand that they are 13-year-olds and sometimes they may do things that take me to a place that I don't want to be, but
1: it happens. So you always have to kind of reflect. And you can't get better without hearing the negative. If they just told you what went well, then how do you fix anything that might not have gone well? Absolutely.
0: Anyway, let's transition to today's guest. I'm going to let Ryan introduce her because Ryan actually went to high school with her. So he, I don't know how close he stayed with her throughout the years, but he definitely knew of her based off of his relationship in high school. So who are we going
1: to be talking to today, Ryan? Uh, This is Risa Bennett. She Is program manager of education and outreach for Deck. and actually, our her dad and my mom actually even grew grew up together in a town of like 200 people in North Dakota, and somehow ended up in Kansas together. Which that is a a, little suspicious, kind of a little crazy. Uh, Yeah, but anyway, we just knew each other kind of as uh, acquaintances. We weren't quite the same grade level, but anyway, I I saw her pop up on. Instagram actually a while back as I'd come back into teaching and she kept popping up about this Pear Deck stuff and this was probably four years ago or whatever three years ago and I thought what the heck is it because she looked like she was really enjoying her job and so I looked into it and I still honestly haven't used Pear Deck however uh, I would like to because I, I was impressed by this I hear we have some teachers in our building that are using it and having huge success with it so Uh, I'm excited. I could see why she would be excited to work for a place that does this kind of stuff to help out teachers become the best teachers they can be. And so, though our goal is not to be promoting a particular tech platform, I thought, let's find out what goes on behind the scenes of a a place like Pear Deck that's doing some great things for teachers. And I, I reached out to Risa, and she said, hey, she'd love to come on and share about it. So, definitely check this out. She's at Risa Pear Deck on Twitter, and I believe she mentions that in the episode for how to reach out to her, but she'd love to answer any questions you have. So without further ado, here is Risa Bennett. We're here today with Risa Bennett from Pear Deck, or do you say Peer Deck?
2: No, it's Pear Deck. Okay,
1: I thought thought so, but I think I've heard other people actually say Peer Deck, which is kind of weird to me. I've never heard Peer Deck in my life. I've heard it from two different teachers.
2: I hear people say "peer deck" too. I think they I, they just don't connect the dots when they're, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but mm. it is a common mispronunciation. But it is "pear" like the fruit.
0: I wonder if it was apple, if it'd be "apple." <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe a Rocky so. song. Apel. <laughs> <laughs> "appel," like Tarzan. All right. So sorry. we are happy to have you here, and we'd like you to just kick it off like we do on each episode and tell us about your current role and your career trajectory from how you got from where you started to here.
2: For sure. So my role at Pear Deck, uh, which is now part of GoGuardian, my role is program manager of education and outreach. And my primary job is to train our certified coaches. Um, Certified coaches are educators that are either in the classroom or instructional coaches who love Pear Deck. And I train them not only on the features and functionality of Pear Deck, but Um, I take them through the pedagogy that actually informs the creation of Pear Deck originally. So not to like get super ahead of things, but Pear Deck was created with actual best practices for education in mind and not just as a tech tool.
0: So So how did you get there, though?
2: Right. So I started out as a high school English teacher. I taught in Kansas for six years. Um, And then after six years, I just really felt like I needed to take my education and classroom skills elsewhere. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I so I took six months off and I just did a temp job to try to figure out what my options were out in the world. I didn't really have a good sense of what I could do with my teacher skills, which I think um, a lot of folks can probably relate to. And I found myself, let's see, I think it was my one of my dad's connections introduced me to an ed tech company in Kansas City. Um, people might know the brand talent ed, it's a applicant tracking teacher evaluation platform. Um, and I think educator personnel records it's owned by power school now, but at the time it was just a small company. I think I was the 65th employee, which was pretty small for as tech companies go. So I, um, that was my entree into EdTech. And I did a few different things. I tried my hand at sales and did recruiting. And then I jumped around to a couple other ed tech companies, none that are probably very well known, but um, just trying to decide which parts of ed tech I really love to do. So three years ago or three and a half years ago, I found Pear Deck and they hired me to do what I'm doing now, which is to, to work with educators. And I just really fell in love with that. Basically, it took me back to my classroom roots. I really love supporting educators. And Pear Deck is a tool that it meets needs of students, but it really meets a lot of critical needs of teachers as well. So I get to equip teachers to be better at their jobs.
0: So back thinking when you were an English teacher, I mean, were you kind of an outside the box teacher or a more traditional teacher? I mean, what led you to? Were you techie when you taught?
2: Uh, by comparison, I was techie. Looking now at the sorts of folks that I deal with, Um, regularly. They're far more tech savvy than I was, but I was trying to think outside the box all the time. And that um, probably the name of your podcast indicates that's a struggle that you guys can relate to a lot. Innovation can sometimes be challenging if you don't have leadership that supports you um, or if you don't have the financial uh, means to go out on your own and find those tools that you're looking for. So I was on several tech cadres that called them in my district. So where they would train some of us as trainers and then we would go out and educate our peers on the tech tools so i did i did dip my toe into that towards the end of my classroom career
0: all right well listen we're going to start shifting into a little bit more about what Pear Deck is i mean we we see tech as kind of a of a tool to help support teaching it should definitely not be the sole focus so how can Pear Deck best be used by our teachers as a learning tool to help them be better teachers?
2: Pear Deck is a formative assessment, assessment, excuse me, formative assessment and student engagement platform. Sometimes there's a misconception that we are just, we're an add-on for Google Slides. And so when people think about us, sometimes it seems like maybe Pear Deck because we have a delightful brand is more of a fun toy for the classroom. Um, But Pear Deck was created by teachers and it was created specifically for teachers. It's not one of these tools that was used in the business world and we tried to slot it into the classroom. It was created with best practices for education in mind. And so Pear Deck, you can add interactivity to your slide presentations, whether it's Google Slides or PowerPoint online. And using the Pear Deck teacher dashboard, you can actually see students' responses coming in in real time. So a classroom challenge that we all know of is that when you call, when you ask students a question, you can call on one or two raised hands. You'll get one or two answers. It's a crapshoot if it's gonna be correct. And it's very difficult to hear from every single student. Um, sometimes, depending on the class size, you may not hear from every student every day. And if you're not organized, you may not hear from every student every week even. And so you, it takes a long time to get to know your students. With Pear Deck, every time you pose a question to the class, students can respond to that question on their own devices and teachers see those responses coming in in real time. So not only does Pear Deck make every student's learning visible or every give every student a voice, but it makes teachers be able to see every student's thoughts in real time. And what we also know as a classroom challenge is that you might be teaching a lesson and you may think that students get it and you may be forging forward towards that quiz, towards that test, and then you get to grade their papers and you find out they had no clue what you were talking about. And so as a formative assessment tool, Pear Deck mitigates that that friction.
0: And I've watched this happen with at least one of our teachers in the building. And, and I'm going to tell you, you're absolutely right because you go into a class and the teacher is teaching and they're like, all right, does anybody have any questions? Nobody has any questions, although they all really all of them have questions. It's just none of them want to ask. And I know for you teachers out there, I do the same thing as an administrator. I'll be like, here's the plan. This is what we're going to be doing. Does any, is everybody clear? And like, nobody says anything. And then I hear back, you know, from a couple of teachers like the next day that like nobody knows what's going on. And I, I'm like, why? So Pear Deck, you're absolutely right, is a fantastic tool for checking kids' understanding and being able to see. Now there's another one, I don't know, I guess I should have asked you this before I got started to see if you wanted to tackle this. And if you don't, we'll take it out. But what about Nearpod? Okay, because that is the big thing that I hear. Teachers are either using Pear Deck or they're using Nearpod. And they're both very similar. And maybe this is just kind of a chance to for you to tell us um, what's the difference between those two and why is yours better? Not that I'm trying to make a sales
1: pitch,
0: <laughs> but I guess I kind of am because I'm telling you the teacher that I watch use Pear Deck. It's, it's really a pleasure to go in and watch and see what she is doing with those kids on a daily basis.
2: Sure. So conceptually, our, our tools are very similar. We hear from a lot of users that Pear Deck is more user-friendly. Because it's just a quick add-on to Google Slides, and that's how our platform was really built to be used, you're not having to learn a different tool. Um, One of the benefits of using Pear Deck to create lessons over Nearpod is that um, because you're creating it in Google Drive or you're creating it in OneDrive through PowerPoint Online, you always own your content. So um, one of the challenges that I hear with Nearpod is, when you create content with Nearpod, it's Nearpod specific; they own it forever. But if I created a Pear Deck in Google Slides, it'll still be a Google Slides file. If I stop using Pear Deck, it'll be a static presentation. But all the content is still there; the lesson is still there. One of the other things that differentiates us is Pear Deck does not create. We don't create content. We don't give you lesson plans. We believe that teachers know what their students need to learn, and they've already got their lessons. You know, like scope and sequence, they've got that all in mind. So we really encourage people to just use Pear Deck as the delivery tool. And we make, we provide templates and we can get into that, but everything is flexible, again, so that you can tailor it to your own needs. But those are the main differences that we hear people talk about.
0: Well, I'm going to tell you, I love it. Do you have any, you know, are there any misguided assumptions in terms of what teachers think about Pear Deck? before they actually start to use it, or maybe even that are using it, they're just kind of using it in the wrong way. I mean, have you heard any bad examples of the use of Pear Deck? Because like we said, when we, when we initiated this episode, we want to use technology to enhance what we're doing, not to replace what we're doing. I mean, we want to make sure that everybody understands is that Pear Dex is not like a magic pill. It's not your answer, you know, exactly. but what are some wrong ways that people use it?
2: Well, a lot of people are, it's it's easy to get sucked into wanting to assign grades. We know that parents put pressure on us to assign grades. Kids are steeped in that culture of thinking that everything needs points and grades. If it's not, then it's not worth their time. Um, But Pear Deck was built to be a real-time formative assessment tool. It was created to be real-time insights. So when people are like, well, why can't I grade with Pear Deck? Why can't I do this? Pear Deck is flexible. It can be used many, many ways. And I don't want to squash people who are using it in all kinds of creative ways. But when when I answer the reason it doesn't grade a Pear deck is because a Pear deck was not meant to be graded. It was, you know, it was meant to be insight. It was meant to be formative assessment. So that's my that's probably like my biggest uh, one that I would say. I also I don't know if you've seen our vocabulary game, Flashcard Factory. Have you guys seen that in action at all?
0: I I mean, I I maybe have, I just don't know that I've seen it because everything I've seen has been awesome. And this is with a Spanish teacher in my class. And it, I mean, I I listen to teachers all day long tell me about how they're so frustrated because they'll like go to breakout rooms and nobody talks. They ask the questions and nobody talks. They, They can't get the kids to do the assignments. They, you know, there's just a plethora of areas that teachers are complaining about this current environment And then I go into this particular class and I see learning, like, I mean, I almost would rather my kids, if I had a personal kid in her class, I'd be okay with him just doing fully remote because what she is doing is awesome. And she knows exactly where all of her kids are at every second of the, of the class. And she's reteaching and uh, it is amazing. But so I I
2: say say
0: that I've probably seen her use flashcards. It just all looks awesome to me.
2: Well, yeah, Flashcard Factory is just, it's not built on the uh, Slides platform, it's it's an interactive game where they create flashcards. In in, in in-person learning, it was putting kids in partners and then on two teams where they would work together to use the word in a sentence and illustrate the word and then create flashcards and then together you would review them and vote for like the best examples. And then those kids could take the flashcard set that they voted on and review it outside of class or play review games with it. But again, the misconception is that it's just a game when in fact there's active learning happening students are learning more deeply about vocabulary because it's not just rote memorization it's actually understanding the context of it and then the illustration piece requires them to think more abstractly about the word then there's the gamification piece too that delights kids and motivate I mean it's motivation to engage more deeply with the content
1: we we're thinking about like underutilized elements of Pear Deck is that is the flashcard factory one of those or is it really well used are there underutilized elements that you guys can see that teachers, man, if only they would this, it would untap the potential that mm-hmm. lies within?
2: Oh, I wouldn't say uh, flashcard factory is underutilized. It sort of has its own niche of users, or it might sometimes be the way that it leads into usage of Pear Deck. Like for Google Slides, people might find out about flashcard factory first. It's free. And so people, you know, they get excited about the free option. They find out, really oh, there's great. other things I can do with Pear Deck. As far as underutilized features, we find that people might be introduced to Pear Deck and get familiar with just the basic delivery of it. But Pear Deck Premium has a few things that make it truly powerful. The main one is the teacher dashboard. And if people are not informed about that up front, they might miss out. So with Pear Deck in the free version, you can see everybody's names, or excuse me, you can't see anybody's names. It's all anonymous responses. But with the teacher dashboard, you can actually see every student's names associated with their responses, which of course gives you more opportunity for intervention and differentiation along the way. The other one I would say is student takeaways. So Google users have access to this specific feature, which is after you end the session, you can generate a Google Doc that is automatically sent to every single student who participated in the lesson. And that Google Doc has every slide from the presentation. It has that student's individual responses to each slide. And because it's a Google Doc, it's shared. So it's automatically shared to the teacher's drive and to that individual student's drive. And Mm -hmm. so as a teacher, I can go in, I can leave feedback in that doc for the student. Um, The student can go back and review the lesson later. It's a great opportunity to extend the lesson. It's a great opportunity for metacognition. And then also the student has a document that they can review for a summative assessment later.
0: Okay, so when you say they can leave feedback, they can go in and leave feedback after that document is generated.
2: Mm -hmm. That's right.
0: So then it becomes like their study guide and and they can use that to study on the test because you know you mentioned it. I mean, and, and Ryan and I are right on board with you in terms of the grades. Uh, we think the grades really put too much of a focus on the end product, when really the focus needs to be on the learning. But what a great opportunity to build in some reteaching opportunities, because you can go in and actually take, turn what they did when you were formatively assessing them, and and leave some notes and have them correct it and turn it back into you and show you that they figured it out.
2: You're absolutely right. It's just a great avenue for discussion as well. And if you're looking for artifacts for a student portfolio or even a way to communicate with parents. I know that a lot of times even in in-person learning, getting to connect with parents and having them feel bought into or even just aware of what you're doing in the classroom is challenging but of course it's even more difficult in remote learning. So the student takeaway is a great little piece of feedback to share with a parent. Um, a great opportunity to give positive reinforcement in addition to saying, Hey, you know, your kid is not participating very much, or maybe I'm looking for a little bit more for them. Um, you can use it in whatever ways you need.
1: Are there any new or exciting elements you're allowed to tell us about that are coming (laughs) down the pike for Pear Deck?
2: I can't tell you about it, but there is one coming this spring that we're very excited about. I'm so sorry. I can't tell you more. That's good. That's a teaser. At least
1: you gave us a
0: date. (laughs) <laughs> no, she, did. she gave us a, a an estimation of time when when does yeah. spring start oh good one yeah, so spring, we're yes out. Spring started today 70 out
2: it will be spring proper
0: spring proper <laughs> so about that? that, we can look forward to implementing during fourth quarter
2: yes it will happen before the fourth quarter. yes Okay. it will
0: be. Yes. Okay, so before I get into my next question, I just by me saying fourth quarter, it just kind of made me think that, you know, a lot of districts probably throughout the country are starting to transition back to all students coming back to school. And fourth quarter might be kind of that time when we're getting all our kids back. So, you know, the amount of hybrid learning versus full remote learning is going to reduce and we're going to start getting back to normal. How can you teacher, you know, because what we don't want to do is get back to normal and go back to the way we were, you know, we don't want to go back to normal and, and then just put our PowerPoints up and say, okay, get your notes out and take notes and go back to the boring old teaching. How can a teacher utilize this software in the class when the kids are in the class without it feeling like it's still remote, but we're, but we're here. Does that make sense?
2: It makes perfect sense. Interestingly enough, Pear deck was actually created for in-person learning in the first place. You know, we've been around since 2014, I believe, was the birth of Pear Deck. So it was actually built for that classroom setting, and it just turned out because, again, we built the tool based on instructional best practice that it it was flexible enough to become a critical uh, tool for remote learning as well. But in the classroom, Pear deck brings really a, a, an element of equity to the classroom. So when you think about even just in the physical classroom, kids in rows and in the traditional classroom setting where they would have to maybe be five or six rows back, who knows, to see what was up on the front projector. Pear Deck puts that right in front of their faces. So sight lines are not an issue, not an issue anymore. Kids are learning in their native environment, which is device and hand screen in front of face. So you're taking some of that like Boring classroom friction away by like, I'm already on my device. That's where I live anyway. <laughs> and then, so when I started teaching back in 2007, we were one of the early adopters of the Apple one to one initiative, but we had very few software tools that made the one to one classroom very effective. You know, it was really just like we now had word processors for every kid, and I didn't have to sign up for the computer lab. Right. So I was constantly doing, you know, acrobatics to like, see what my kids were doing. And I, you know, like setting up my classroom. So I sat behind them and I could be watching their screens all the time or just the challenge of mobility. But with Pear Deck, I mentioned the teacher dashboard a couple of times. I can be projecting my Pear Deck lesson up on the projector screen. Every student has that same information mirrored on their individual devices. I can actually open my teacher dashboard on a tablet or my smartphone, um, and I can be moving around the classroom, running my lesson, seeing student responses all right here in my palm while I circulate around the room, whether it's just making my physical presence known, which we know is a great classroom management strategy, or being able to give face-to-face verbal feedback if a kid is having a challenge. You can do that remotely too. Pear Deck has a teacher feedback function that you can do through the Pear Deck application. But when we go back to the classroom, I can be still running my presentation while also being near to a student if I need to be.
0: So this is right up Ryan's alley because we're always talking about open source versus closed source. So Pear Deck really, I guess I'm opening my mind to what open source is, is open source. So it's a web-based application. So when you use your iPad, to walk around the room and monitor what kids are doing, you're using the exact same thing that the kids are using, true or false?
2: True, yeah, so it's, it is web-based. You sign in with your Google credentials or your Office 365 credentials. So I'm just signed in on two devices with my same credentials. And then students are signed in, of course, with theirs as well, so yeah, all operating within all Google or all Office 365.
0: Okay, I think that's awesome. I can see the formative assessment tool. I, I- We probably got some listeners out there that maybe are a little bit worried. So I know that, you know, you started as a Pear Deck coach and you train Pear Deck coaches, but every school doesn't have a Pear Deck coach. So if I'm a teacher, I mean, are there like resources on the website with possible examples of quality uses of the software, or perhaps, uh, I know you talked about like templates, but I don't know if you have any pre-made lessons, what's on there for a teacher that were to say, man, I think that sounds pretty cool. I want to give it a shot, but they have no idea how to use it.
2: Absolutely. We have a ton of live and on-demand resources available. So I'm assuming you guys have some show notes. And if I share links with you guys, you can link out some yes, of these ma'am. pages. Yes. Okay, ma'am. cool. So I'll just run down the list and then just listeners know that you'll be able to find those links afterwards. So we have a wide variety of webinars um, that we offer different times throughout the week that are live. If you're a live training kind of person, you can find those at pairdeckcom slash learn pair deck
0: And that's all free. Uh, that's that's free all webinar. free.
2: Awesome. Those are free webinars. Yes. We have a gallery of help videos that break down all the different functionality and features of Pear Deck. So if you're really enjoying listening to my voice right now, you can just Cruise through that help video library and listen to me drone on about all the things that Pear Deck can do. <laughs> um, <laughs> we also, I did like I said, we don't create like full lesson plans, but we do partner with some uh, content providers and turn their content into some pre-made activities that teachers can use if they're looking to get started. So if you go to peardeck.com/orchard, you'll find that we offer Newzella Daily Decks, which is basically A Newzella article paired with two or three Pear Deck prompts. Um, And these are things that can be tweaked to fit any grade level that you're teaching. Again, everything that comes from Pear Deck is flexible and editable. Um, We also partner with PBS uh, Newshour, So we have decks that are um, based on some of their video and and article content and then some pre-made questions again that you can pose to students. And then we, also, we offer what we call Wonder Packs, which again, open source lesson content from different websites that will take an article, pose a few questions. And again, there's uh, they usually come in packs of three. So there's one that's elementary level, one that's middle school level, and a high school level one that you can choose from. You can sign up to get those emails regularly. So they'll come straight to your inbox. Um, and then the thing that I really like to, to show people is Pear Deck opens up as a sidebar in Google Slides. And within that sidebar, sidebar, we have a template library. So when you go in to browse that template library, you'll find templates that are prompts for bell ringers um, and warm-up exercises. There are templates for temperature checks and like mid-class um, assessments, and then also things like bell ringers. Plus then we have some that are subject area specific. You'll find math templates, science templates, let's see, I think we have some like music and art templates, basically all the different subject areas. And then we also have templates that have critical thinking prompts, because we know that that is something that needs to be woven into a lesson, but sometimes you get sort of in your rut about this is the content I'm teaching. And you forget the part where you layer in the depth of critical thinking so that we have prompts for that. And then also social emotional learning templates which were always important but as we've learned with pandemic teaching all the all the challenges that were already existing in the classroom were just magnified during remote learning and so people have really tapped into those scl resources we encourage teachers to include one prompt in every lesson just to check in on the kiddos.
0: That is amazing. Now, while you were talking, and listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back in time and maybe this is only gonna be somebody that can relate to this. It's from Kansas, but you probably taught around the time when there was this crazy thing in Kansas called can ed. Do you remember Can-Ed or no? I was hoping that I would like spark something and your eyes would get super big and you'd be like,
1: oh yeah, I remember that. No, no. no. I do remember, but I don't remember what it was. You should fill our listeners in because I don't remember either. Well, Can-Ed
0: was like, you know, a lot of teachers confuse Can-Ed as like this test practice site. And, and yes, you could generate like practice state assessment questions from it, but really it was just more of this library of resources. And then there were different apps within it. But there was one app that was within it. I forget which one it was, but I mean, teachers could like, you know, it's almost like Smartboard or something like I'm thinking Smartboard or, or Promethean. I, Promethean, I think, is what it was. Um, you remember the Promethean boards? Yeah. Either yeah. way. I, schools you was know, trying to elicit something from you, Risa, but I'm aging <laughs> myself here.
2: <laughs> no, no, I, I remember in Canada had like a backpack app. Like yes. You could, yes. 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 All did school, screaming back to me. <laughs> yes,
0: there was even like an email application in there that was supposed to be like super safe. I mean, this is like Kansas trying to really, be, you know, be cutting edge. But anyway, I think it was at Promethean site or some other site where teachers could like upload their lessons. And there was this huge library of lessons. So I don't know if Pear Deck has something like a teacher share page. And if you don't, you might look into maybe getting one, but wouldn't it be cool if I could click on like sixth grade language arts and just, and there'd be this share page of people that could upload their decks. And and it's kind of like this user generated template site. Do you have anything like that? Or maybe that's what's coming out in March and you you need my resume.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Despite my years long advocacy for that exact thing, we have not come out with it just yet. But we do have um, a function where teachers can generate, they can share their decks in a way that you know how sometimes when you share things with Google Drive and you don't get your permissions right and suddenly somebody has opened your file and like jacked with all your stuff and right, the right, right. for them to. We do have a publish and share function through Pear Deck that generates a unique link um, that you can share your stuff out either on Twitter or we also integrate with Team Drive. So if you would like within your district would share things, share resources within your district or within your department. But yes, I I would love to see a repository. It's never out of the question, but it's all, spoiler, it's not the thing coming out in spring 2021 proper.
0: Ah, I figured if it wasn't, (laughs) but if you need some ideas, I'm always available for a side gig.
2: I will uh, take down your number, Eric.
0: Appreciate
1: that. (laughs) This meeting's got him all worked up. He wants out, (laughs) not this meeting, but his previous one. All right. What are some trends you're seeing in the industry in general? And I, I can, I think you can take this two ways, either ed tech or when you're supporting teachers, are you hearing like great things that teachers are doing using ed tech?
2: So I will take it. I mean, all of our trends I feel like right now are totally informed by pandemic teaching. And so not to like beat this dead horse, but it is something that I care about a lot. I am seeing, Teachers and even schools and districts becoming a lot more intentional in the way that they infuse SEL into the school day um, and school week, and I think that that is maybe one of the best things to come out of pandemic teaching. Um, just really realizing how much we need to care for kids' uh, social emotional well being if they're actually going to be engaged with the content that we're trying to teach, and that's something that Pear Deck has known and preached for a long time. When we talk about student engagement. We are not just talking about kids robotically pressing the buttons we told them to, but truly feeling connected to their classroom community, connected to their teacher, and then from there having the capacity to to connect with the content that you're trying to deliver. So that's the first thing. I have also been a part of a lot of discussions recently, again, to circle back to something we touched on briefly, is philosophies behind grading. Why do we assign grades? What function do they really serve? Are we Are we really getting what we need to out of grades and our kids getting what they need to out of school when we require them to operate inside of these grades? And again, that is one of the things that Pear Deck was based on is that grades can't tell us everything that we need to know about student understanding, student learning. Those are probably my big two in terms of trends Mm -hmm. that I'm seeing that I really like the conversations that people are having.
0: Well, what I really, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm so happy that we had you on the show because I was a little worried, you know, we're going to be too pair Deck intentional, you know, and there's pair Deck lovers out there and, and there's people that love other stuff. But just going back to the theme of our podcast about the way that we deliver education, it sounds to me that Pear Deck has a tool that allows teachers to teach their lessons, but gives them a device that I don't want to call it gamification, but it is kind of a fun way for kids. I mean, it's it's a total participation technique device. And, you know, we've had clickers. We've got that, you know, there's that other stuff where the teachers, they have that piece of paper. You can print off those papers, you know, and they hold them up and the teacher kind of scans the room. And then they, but that's all kind of multiple choice stuff. And Pear Deck has a way for you to build in all kinds of cool, different ways to see if the kids are learning what you're teaching because if the kids aren't learning what you're teaching then then you're wasting your time you know and we get so frustrated because we come back the next day and they're like oh my gosh they remember anything but now you, you have a way to figure out what your kids learned so you know where to start the next day and i just think that the the possibilities are endless with your company and 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 now that you're talking about going gradeless who knows maybe paradox going to uh to veer off, because another thing that Ryan and I have really talked about, and we're going to have some people on the show down the road, talking about digital badges and digital credentials. How can Mm we represent learning in a way that is more meaningful than a subjective letter grade that in most cases really just shows that the kid turned in all their work on time? And for the most part, because you look at a grade book and it's like 10 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10. Oh, wow. There's three zeros out of 10. And oh, my gosh, they dropped to a C. And how can I make that up? We'll turn these three assignments in and you turn it in. Wow, it's back up to an A. But what does that really tell us when you have a software and a tool that teachers can know exactly what kids know every single second of the lesson?
2: I think you just got up on my soapbox. I mean, all are welcome here, but I just (laughs) I completely agree with you. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff I find myself saying all the time you said I think you used the word flexible and if you didn't that is the word that I would use to sum up Pear Deck in terms of the kind of tool that it is it is meant to be flexible when I one of the things that I teach my coaches is the the five pillars of Pear Deck pedagogy and we have a cute acronym it spells teach Um, but there are really five pedagogical aspects of Pear Deck that you can or ways that you can use Pear Deck in your classroom so it spells out teach T is tackle tenacity, which is teaching kids um, growth mindset, grit and learning. As you said, that learning is is more of a process than it is always like an end, end piece. And so using paradox Deck to model that sort of attitude as learning as iteration in a journey. E is excavate and expand. So that's, you can use paradox for critical thinking and creative thinking. You know, I mentioned with our um, flashcard factory tool and the abstract thinking of illustration and Pear Deck has a drawing tool as well It's in terms of um, one of our interactive slide types and so asking students to communicate their thinking through imagery rather than just text. And then A is anticipate awesome, which is creating every classroom and every lesson experience with the idea that every student can learn. And so that means again, using maybe a drawing slide instead of a text slide so that students who struggle with written communication can still communicate their understanding of a concept or maybe a draggable slide for the same thing. So I can, I can know that maybe a kid is not a great writer. He struggles with that kind of communication, but he can drag a dot to whatever the right answer is. And I, then I know that he got it. C is cultivate compassion, which is, SEL, which we've hit on a few times and H is hand it over which is helping students take ownership of their own learning student autonomy and that sort of thing so those are the five pillars of pedagogy that Pear Deck is based on and that you can use the tool to capture any of those things
1: wow excellent I got them all typed out yes we do. <laughs> Remember and we'll them.
0: put them in our show notes for our listeners listen Risa this has been an absolute pleasure uh, I know we've hit about a lot of different topics. Is there any last closing things that, you know, we didn't hit on that you feel our list, I, I keep wanting to call them users, our listeners would benefit from in terms of how Pear Deck could change the pedagogy of their entire teaching philosophy. I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe that was too like high lofty of a, <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to come out of this episode want to change their entire teaching philosophy. But But I mean- Seriously, Pear Deck is, is is a tool that can help shift the way they teach.
2: It absolutely can, and it really should. Um, again, my role when I train coaches is to basically exhort them to do that. If, if you're coming to the classroom every day teaching the way that you did 20 years ago, teaching the way that you were taught, then you're missing the mark. We have these tools at our disposal to do better for our students than maybe you, was even possible to do for us. Um, and just because you turned out fine does not mean that you have to shove that student peg in this hole that doesn't fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a good good. We got that. the reverse plug. Thank you very much for
2: that
0: <laughs> metaphoric uh, explanation of Pear Deck. <laughs> well, reset. thank you very much for being on the show. We certainly have appreciated our time with you.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Real quick, if any of our listeners would like some more information, can they reach out to you? Me, I would. Start I morning. would
2: actually invite people to connect with me on Twitter and to connect with the Pear Deck Twitter account. My colleagues run that account. We are extremely responsive. You can also so you can tweet at me at Risa Pear Deck. It's all one word, and my name is spelled R-I-S-A. And then also at Pear Deck on Twitter. Tons of great support you can find there, and I did forget to tell you guys. I'm excited to share a 90-day upgrade code with your listeners. So, um, people who are listening, if they want to come, I will share a code to get 90 days of Pear Deck Premium. Premium features include the drawing slide, the draggable slide, student paste mode for asynchronous instruction, the teacher dashboard, and student takeaways.
0: And how they get that? You're going to share it with us now, or they have to come I, with you to get it.
2: I will share it with you guys and you can uh, share it on your show notes for your listeners.
0: Excellent. Outstanding. <laughs> well, that is certainly a pleasant surprise. So I even thank you more for
1: that. It, was <laughs> it is
2: a- my pleasure.
1: Bye, Risa. Thank you for being on the show. It's great to have you on The Pig Doesn't Fit. Thank
2: you guys so much for having me.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as we enjoyed giving it. I will tell you, I was a little nervous when we decided to have Paradek, because like I said, we are not a technology episode, and I and I wasn't really sure where this interview would go. But I'll tell you what, after having an opportunity to visit with her it occurred to me that Pear Deck is an application that actually can transform the way teachers teach. We're always talking about total participation techniques. And as we were talking to Risa, all I could keep thinking was total participation techniques. I mean, what a great software to be able to measure your teaching. kind of going back full circle to the tweet of the week. You know, how are you going to know how you're doing unless you ask the people you're teaching? I mean, essentially, you could use Pear Deck to find out how you're teaching throughout your entire lesson because this is an application that
1: allows you to constantly check the understanding of your students. And I think she said that it even dumps a a note for feedback into their Google Drive that you can access together right right after it's over.
0: Right. It it gives them it's kind of like an autocrat in Google Doc. You know, it gives them an automatic. The presentation is saved and given to them, and then you can go on and leave feedback. And then mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great tool to allow students to revise their work and resubmit. Uh, a couple other things that really stood out to me about this interview is the fact that it's shareable. I know that I kept talking about, and I appreciate you know her using the word repository, but if Pear Deck had a repository where you could share lessons and you could go on and find lessons and, and upload your own lessons. But you know even if Pear Deck doesn't have that, Why couldn't a school, if you had a school license to Pear Deck, create like a shared folder? How cool would it be to have a shared folder within the building where you could upload decks and, and you could have it all organized by content area and whatnot? So I thought that was really cool. And just the fact that as a teacher, you can constantly assess your students to understand if they're getting what you're teaching. I just think it's cool, and and a side note, I was bringing up this other software this teacher uses that I couldn't think of during the show. It's actually called Gimkit that yeah. that that software where you can earn points and sabotage your friends. So mm. if you haven't heard of Gimkit, check it out. It's pretty. I don't think it's free. I mean, I think that you can use it free, but there there's a a, a mild cost to it. But it's really cool the way I've seen it used in class. So so that was Gimkit. But anyway, those are my thoughts on Pear What about you, Ryan?
1: Well, I love the. Uh constant formative assessment, I guess for me, what I was thinking about as I was listening to Risa is, my God, I'm a boring teacher. Um, (laughs) Because I haven't, because I've been a little bit overwhelmed this year with with doing some stuff, getting used to the digital world, and, and I don't think that I'm teaching traditionally at all. However, what I heard about Pear Deck, and actually last night, what I experienced as a participant in a Nearpod, so I was on the student end, and I've seen some of these other things like Gimkit, and I think there's another one that I'm I'm forgetting the name of. But as I'm seeing these tools getting used, and also just experiencing it as a participant, I think, oh my gosh, this is like a leap forward, not just a step forward, as teachers for how we can not only teach but do PD for teachers mm. as well. Yeah. And I thought, oh oh wow, we got to get going on this. So I'm like, I got to look into Pear Deck. At least take the free version and get started with my kids. Um, when I'm doing team meetings, even with my own seventh grade team, maybe I should do some, <laughs> you know, uh, Pear Deck type activities just to engage everybody in a different way. So I just got really excited overall for the what a leap forward this feels like. What, no matter what platform you're using, Pear Deck, Nearpod, I know they're not fully the same or anything else. It's like, I know we want to go slow to go fast and we talked about that earlier but these seem like a really great way to take that next leap forward that's not going to overwhelm you as a teacher that can create some exciting opportunities for your students and ryan you're in luck because you said you know maybe i can get the free version
0: but i'll tell you what And as I mentioned here in the very, very opening preview of our show, if you go to our show notes, you can access a 90 day free trial of Pear Deck. Yeah. So I think that's an extension. I think maybe normally the free trial is 30 days, but we're putting a link in our show notes that will give you 90 days for using Pear Deck. And she also followed through and sent us all of her links. So we're gonna put a variety of resources for Pear Deck in our show notes. So be sure to check that out. Excellent. Now, we are wrapping up, but just to kind of give you guys a heads up of where we are kind of going with the show, we are done with our technology series. Not to say we're not gonna talk about some technology later down the road, but we've got some great episodes lined up talking about leadership. How can building leaders create a a culture in which innovation and changing and and teaching in this way that we're saying that we need to start teaching can exist. And we're hoping that you can take some of those principles and apply those in terms of leadership, in terms of working with teachers and work with other people. We're also going to be talking about uh, some different ways of interacting with students. You know, as we've talked about throughout this show, the world is different and we have to teach in a different way. In addition to the world itself being different, the kids that we serve are different. The family structures are changing. There are some different ways that we need to start interacting with kids. So we're going to do some pretty cool episodes just on, on different ways of interacting with kids and some different programs that are out there. So excellent! thank you for joining. We hope you enjoyed our show, and we will see you next time.
1: As always, thank you for checking us out at The Pig Doesn't Fit. We appreciate you listening. You can find us on Twitter at The Peg Doesn't Fit. You can find me at Ryan D Bartle one And my personal Twitter is at Eric J Stephen. You can also email us at
0: does not fit at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash the peg doesn't fit.
1: Drop us a five-star review on iTunes. Tell your educator friends or family, anybody. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs>
0: All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week on The Peg Doesn't Fit.